Welcome to The Long Way Around the Barn, where we discuss many of today's technology adoption and transformation challenges and explore varied ways to get to your desired outcomes. There's usually more than one way to achieve your goals. Sometimes the path is simple. Sometimes the path is long, expensive, complicated, and or painful. In this podcast, we explore options and recommended courses of action to get you to where you're going now. The Long Way Around the Barn is brought to you by Trility Consulting. For those wanting to defend or extend their market share, Trility simplifies, automates, and secures your world, your way. Learn how you can experience reliable delivery results at Trility.io. Today I visit with an old friend, which means to some extent I'm dating both of us, uh, but hopefully uh, you, our listener, will find bits of wisdom in this episode and the journey that led us here. Damon Poole has provided agile coaching to countless people at some very recognizable companies, EMC, Capital One, Ford, and Fidelity. He speaks everywhere, and he's even virtual thanks to our new normal today. He's also an accredited instructor with the International Coaching Federation, ICF. I invited him to visit with us because he and his collaborator, Jillian Lee, have published a book, Professional Coaching for Agilists, Accelerating Agile Adoption. We are providing links to where you can buy this book uh, at the best price. Damon isn't expecting to get rich off the book. He's very excited to get the book into your hands, so he wants to help you save money, get the material, learn the material, learn how to become more. What he and Jillian have done is put out a great book for people who love Agile, want to be better at it, and want to help those around them get better. The focus is professional coaching, and the book even includes coaching exercises. Today I visit with him about his journey in this space and how he continues to advance himself, the people around him, and professional coaching itself. Welcome, Damon. Thank you for being here. Would you tell us a little bit about your journey as a professional, like in particular, a professional who seeks to master his craft? You and I met a long time ago, and we talked about a lot of different subjects, and we haven't talked again for quite a while. And so there's a whole lot of catching up to do. But even back then, you had a lot to teach because I learned back uh, then from you in terms of configuration and change management conversations. Will you tell us a little bit about where you've come from, where you are today, where you're heading, just in terms of your journey. Sure. Well, I li- these days, uh, for whatever reason, I like to say I was born a programmer. <laughs> I guess that's to distinguish from mostly where I am today. So I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I walked into... Actually, the, a, a little bit of this story is in... Actually, it's not in, it's not in the book. It's, uh, it's in Bob Martin's book. But anyway... I uh, walked into an appliance store, and unbeknownst to me, I was I was doing pair programming. I'd never programmed before, but that's actually sort of how I got into it. Some some guy was uh, writing a Star Trek program, and uh, as a, as an eleven year old, I was pestering him. Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? I was super fascinated with computers, and and I never really you know seen anything like that quite that close. And after about twenty minutes, he asked if if maybe I couldn't do something else. So I was quiet. And then eventually I said, hey, I, I don't think that's right. What is that? And he goes, oh. And he, he made a change and he goes, oh, that's it. And then he asked me, how long have you been doing this? And I said, I don't know. When, you know, when did I walk in? Uh, so that's, 
you know, having an adult have that kind of look on their face, I was, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And so I, I <clears throat> programmed only in small groups for many years after that, that I discovered, you know, this waterfall thing. We started out shipping every couple of days and at the, at the uh, peak, we were shipping every 18 months. And somewhere in there was where I discovered Agile for the first time. And I, I uh, at first I thought it was evil, right? At first I thought it, we were getting requests like, you know, um, couldn't you process requests for history faster? Like, who processes? Who needs his? Well, it was continuous integration, right? Stuff like that. Uh, but eventually I saw the light and it was thanks to, you know, hobnobbing with folks like yourself and, and others. So I, I started to switch from technical person to more product person to more agile person. And so I went, you know, full on agile for quite a while. Then I got kind of tired of people not really getting the point of agile. I just banged my head against that, that wall, you know, too much. So definitely learned a lot. And along that journey, I, I decided it was time to, you know, start earning, earning enough to, uh, you know, put away for retirement again. Through serendipity, I got into teaching agile coaching again. That's been fascinating. I love that. More recently, uh, as the title of the book suggests, Professional Coaching for Agilists, I've gotten into professional coaching. Tell us a little bit about where you're heading. I mean, like, so in your current company, your current role, responsibility, how do you define uh, what it is you're doing today and where are you heading with it? What even lead, you know, teaching us what led you to the book? Oh, well, that would be Bob Martin. <laughs> okay. All right. Among other things, but it's, it's, uh, it's kind of the interesting part of the story. So uh, he and I kind of, you know, lock loggerheads on uh, Facebook. We've, we've known each other for a long time. I, I guess he came to do a talk for us uh, in Boston as part of what's now Agile New England. So he had this new book coming out, uh, Clean Agile. And he asked me to review it, I guess, because he figured if we were, you know, at loggerheads and I was, you know, telling him what I thought, and then I would do the same thing for his book. Uh, so I said, all right, I'll review your book. And there were two things in it that I kind of objected to, which he said, he said there was no need for agile coaches. Okay. And uh, the other one was uh, something about uh, scaling. And, and I sort of strongly objected to those two things. And so, you know, I thought that was that. And then he says, hey, you know, um, you seem to have a pretty strong alternate opinion there. How about if you wrote a bunch for the book? And I was like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> That's what I get for talking. Exactly. Oops. <laughs> so uh, I wrote up, I don't know, 10-ish pages for that. And then after that, I was like, hey, you know, this might be the start of something. And uh, Jillian, my co-author, has always been sort of pushing me in that direction. And uh, so she added her shoulder to that. And, and so then... I said, well, you know, if you, if you come along with me, then fine. So that's how that got going. So the book came out just recently. Yeah, it's actually still in the process of coming out. Just a funny side story there, right? So it's been out on Inform IT for quite a while uh, as an ebook, and then shortly after that on uh, Amazon. The funniest thing was it looked like it was for sale, and, and I went through the process to see what was going on because people are always asking me, where is it available? And uh, it gave a strange shipping strange shipping uh, option, which I'd never seen before. It was like uh, scheduled delivery or something. And I clicked on the learn more and it said for bulky items. And I'm like, is, is this a bulky item? So 
it took me a couple days, but finally I noticed in the specs, it said that it was like eight feet by six feet by three feet and it weighed 20, 20 kilograms or something. So clearly somebody miskeyed that. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that was pretty humorous. So the graphics must be amazing in that version of the book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very high res. <laughs> Fold out everything. So your difference of opinion or different view on the value of coaching from um, Bob Martin's is one of the things that led you to say, hey, maybe there's something here. I should explore this a little bit. And you had been doing coaching long before you decided maybe I should write something. Is that accurate? Well, it depends on what the meaning of coaching is. Fair um, enough. All right. Yeah. Um, I think I'd use the term coach. There's like the role agile coach. Right. And then there's coaching. Actually, not everybody knows that not everything an agile coach does is coaching. But it gets confusing as to what it is. And I think the simplest way to define coaching is that thing that anything that you do that helps another person move forward that has nothing to do with your own expertise other than coaching. And usually people are like, well, what's, what's the value in that? Um, which, which is kind of, uh, difficult to define, but, uh, pretty straightforward to experience. I wonder if that can be likened to a concept that Gerald Weinberg had in one of his consulting books, mm. um, where he called it the jiggler. Yeah. And in that, in that, in that illustration, what he talked about was uh, the idea of a running toilet, and how sometimes the only thing that you really had to do to get that toilet to behave in the correct way was just go jiggle the handle. And in one of his consulting conversations throughout that book, really what he was talking about was sometimes your role in an organization is to just help facilitate a flow or to just unblock something previously <laughs> blocked. And it didn't require amazing knowledge and experience and all kinds of crazy stuff. It was just fresh eyes. You just jiggled the handle a little bit and then people were able to move forward and evolve and become more than they were, you know, prior to that. So I wonder if those are similar. Um, I, I, I don't know that I want to sign up for the title of toilet jiggler, <laughs> but, um, you okay, know, Jerry Weinberg, uh, awesome. I've dabbled in some of his books. The one that I've read through twice and always recommend is Secrets of Consulting, which, you know, is not the best name because people say, well, I'm not a consultant. But uh, that book is such infotainment, right? You get knowledge and you laugh all the way through and you're like, yeah. I think this is just a folk story. Oh, oh, there's the punch. Oh, that's, that's good. Right. Really wonderful book. One of the roles or responsibilities that you're suggesting, um, uh, more or less a selfless role inside an environment, I think is what you were saying, which is uh, what you're doing isn't necessarily serving you. You are being an enabler in that environment, mm -hmm. and it may or may not directly benefit you, but you're directly benefiting them or that journey or that path they were walking. Absolutely. And I think actually, uh, as an Agile coach, and, and when I use the term Agile coach, I, I would include Scrum Master and RTE and various other things. Anything where you're, you're helping an organization or a person move forward in Agile, and you know, you're using a coaching mindset. Um, I think, you know, we all have a, an ego, right, to some degree, you know, shape or form. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? We want to help people. 
And I think one of the ways that uh, in anything new like Agile, we want to help people is sharing our expertise. And then people say, oh, hey, thanks for that expertise. That was really helpful. And we might, you know, pride ourselves on that expertise. But I think, you know, the, the pure coaching side is that it's not about did you, did you share expertise or not, sort of leaning more towards the did the person get what they were needing, whether it came from them or you or... So in your experiences, have you found, um, or what types of difficulties or challenges have you found when talking with clients or potential clients or even advising someone else on why hire an agile coach? Have you ever um, experienced resistance or chafing or difficulty in explaining why hire this, this person? Never. This role it's always super behavior? simple. No. <laughs> That's the biggest lie I've told this week. Um, I, you know, I don't know that anybody actually ever wakes up in the morning thinking, I need coaching. People might think other people need coaching. Uh, but there's a couple issues there. Like, you know, what is coaching? Coaching as a profession has really only been a more recent thing, like, you know, the early to mid-90s and, and before Agile, right? You know, like life coaching, executive coaching, uh, coaching uh, from an international coach federation perspective. So there, that's an issue. And then it's it's a, it's a it's a, it's kind of a support service, right? So you're not actually producing any code, generally, unless you're a technical coach. Technical coaches will do that, but that's not really their main point. You know, to some degree, it's kind of like, what does a manager really do? But we have plenty of those. So quantifying the value. Is, is kind of, it's like a chicken and egg, right? If, if you don't understand the value of Agile, then understanding the value of an Agile coach is difficult. And how do you understand the value of, a, of Agile? Part of it is by getting an Agile coach. So, you know, that's, that's a hard problem. One of the biggest victories at Elias, and, and I'm sure other places, was when we came out with this thing, <clears throat> it's a mouthful, but the uh, Elias and Maturity Matrix, right? And that originated from like a couple dozen coaches at uh, Capital One, getting frustrated with the hundreds of teams and uh, spreading the coaching out way too much. It was like it was too thin, right? So we were getting paid, and that was great, but we felt like we could produce more value. So we developed this way to help the organization, teams, and, indiv and uh, individuals understand were they moving forward or not. And it was clear that uncoached teams did not move forward as fast as coached teams. Teams that got a concentration of a coach for an extended period of time did the best, right? So that was the best ROI. Uh, so that was super helpful. And, and that's one of the best ways that I've found to sort of quantify that value. Doing it ahead of time, super hard. Uh, once you're in there expanding, uh, much easier. Is one of the things that you wanted to do with your book or that you've done with your book is to just help bring clarity to say, hey, I... I can't solve all of the things in all of the world, but as it relates to this idea, I'd like to teach you about this. So the book starts out saying, you know, it basically literally says, forget about agile and coaching and everything for a moment. And think of people, think of people that when you're stuck in whatever you're stuck in, maybe a personal issue, who do you reach out to? Right. And if you think of a person you reach out to and a person you don't, and you think of the qualities, and different that are different, like this one listens, 
This one is always like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been there. I've done. Okay, here's what you need to do. And then a week later, they're like, hey, did you do it? And you're like, oh, man, leave me alone. Right? So that first person, those are, those are the qualities we look for in a coach and, you know, sort of taken to a very high degree of intentional purpose. And it's, it's kind of a long list. Like uh, on the don't side, it's actually kind of easier to list. Like don't interrupt, criticize, discourage, judge, evaluate. Right, a whole bunch of things, and actually, uh, oh, oh, and don't give unsolicited opinions. Actually, doing all those in the same person super hard. I was just evaluating that <laughs> in myself, thinking first, first I should memorize the whole list, and then second, I'm curious to what extent I do or do not exhibit these characteristics in whole or part or in combination. I think that'll be interesting. I might, I might not. Well, I expect there to come some humility with that realization. It um, it is, you know, um, it's and it's not like uh, you know anything against anybody. If you know, if you have things on that list, it's really just things to think about. It's it's a it's a journey. Right now, what it immediately maps to is I asked a good lifelong friend of mine a long time ago what was one of the most important things he learned along his journey of being a parent. Mm. And he said the most important thing that he had learned was knowing when to shut up. But the way he communicated it was sometimes you need to actively shut up because they need time to think. They need time to process. They need time to consider options. And they don't need you talking right now. And as I moved through that from the parent, I realized that that also applied to just about every relationship in my whole life, professional and personal, knowing when to talk knowing when to shut up. It could, of course, be said far more elegantly than shut up. <laughs> Maybe not as clearly. He was, he was being, well, he was being direct with me. I am dense sometimes, and so it was direct advice. But it sounds like maybe similar to what you're suggesting, which is knowing when. And then uh, Absolutely. There's a lot of dimensions in what you just said. Um, you know, we could parcel that all up, and that could be an offering right there, just what you said. Um, so one dimension there is, you know, think about, you know, it sounded like that took a while for that to sink in. It took a while for you to practice it. And all the while, kind of like, what is even the value of this? That's absolutely, you know, part of coaching. And, oh, and you also mentioned the dimension. It sounds like it changed who you were as a person. It affected other interactions. And a, a lot of coaching actually is not that you need to but that you want to change yourself in certain ways. And actually what you gave as an example is, is one of them. To uh, get accredited by the, uh, the ICF, you, you can't fake it. If, if what you were just saying was difficult, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't make it. You have to do a 30-minute recording in which you're exhibiting that all the way through. And, uh, you know, that's hard. Uh, the other aspect of that, which I think is, you know, at the root of, of value of, of coaching, not necessarily agile coaching, but professional coaching, is what really is the value to the other person of you not saying anything? And the way I would look at it is exactly what you said, the, the talking through, the thinking through. There's a certain amount of that that you can do in your own head with no other human around. But the way we're built, and I don't know the brain science on this, but it's borne out and you can use your own experience on this. The way that we're built as humans, 
we actually are better able to think things through with another person just sitting there. <laughs> I don't know why, but you know, you think about there's things that when you go to articulate them, you're like, so it's simple. It's just, uh, and nothing comes out and you're like, oh, I don't actually know how to articulate that. Let me think about it. Um, so there's just this process that with a person that's there actually listening to what you're saying, you can do some things. And then if in their response to you, they skillfully are able to uh, leverage that. And I don't mean paraphrasing, for instance, in coaching, paraphrasing is actually bad. But asking a question that shows that you understood. So let's say you listen for a bit and then you ask a question and the person just goes like this. Uh, and, and then they're just silent. So you, you cause them to think of something they weren't thinking of before because you listened to them, right? So you didn't add any knowledge, but you helped them move forward. And that actually has value. And you can think of those times, you know, those conversations you had, you're like, oh, that person was really insightful. But actually the, you know, the new idea came from you. Interesting. You know, there's, um, there's a sales methodology, if you will, called challenger mm -hmm. sale. And in that, one of the things that they articulate in that whole process is, is in order to make a sale, your responsibility is to help someone see in a way they had not previously seen. And the way I um, uh, visualized it was, if I were to say something to you, and that made you turn your head to one side and then turn it sideways like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was a room in this house. And now I need to just figure this room out. Where did this yeah. room come from? And all of that, you can see that going across their face. But sometimes it sounds similar to what you're suggesting, which is a role, a, a role of a coach is to help one, someone see also. So think and see but to be this non-intrusive encourager, mm -hmm. if you will, that seems like a actually a very hard role. Yeah, it's super hard. And uh, one of the things that makes it hard is, you know, like I said, nobody wakes up in the morning looking for coaching. Uh, generally, you know, people ask me this in classes all the time. They say, okay, okay, but um, do you ever find that people come to you and they're not looking for coaching? They want your, they want your advice or they want expertise? And I say, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 100% of the time, <laughs> 0%, you know, people are looking for coaching. So what I say is, as coaches, part of what you're doing is coachy education, right? You wouldn't tell people that you're doing, well, I guess that's what I'm doing right now, but you don't generally tell people you're doing coachy education. You can't go full bore into coaching with somebody that doesn't understand it or want it, right? So you have to find bridges to that. Uh, and one of them is, uh, one of the simplest is most people when they're starting coaching have to learn that actually they initiate the transfer of knowledge far sooner than anybody asks for it, right? So if you just hold back for a while, you'll be providing coaching uh, value uh, that you didn't even know that you could do, right? Because as soon as it, you, you see a chance, you're like, okay, here's some knowledge. Have you tried this? What about that? Right, right away. People generally don't realize that uh, it's them holding back that is the first thing they can work on. I'm going to have to sit and think about these things after we're, when we're no longer talking. You're 
given me a lot to think about. These are good. So in your journey, you're currently enjoying and finding value in helping other people through professional mm-hmm. coaching. Is that an accurate yeah, statement? absolutely. So do you feel like you've found a passion? Oh, my. You're passionate about this? I mean, you know, uh, one of the things that I like to ask people when I'm doing scrum training or agile training is, um, you know, the, this idea that people should specialize. I ask people, you know, raise your hand if you want to do what you're doing right now for the rest of your life. And I've never, ever seen anybody raise their hand. I, I think we all, you know, we have certain passions but I think, you know, our, we can learn new passions. Uh, we're, we're always learning something new, right? So for me, I would say that, A, this is my current passion, but B, it also was sort of, each passion led to the next one. In programming, uh, the, unless the design is given to you, there's a, there's a certain amount of design, right? So uh, programming, design, product management, uh, business stuff, uh, agile, agile coaching, uh, coaching. So it's been sort of a progression of passions. So yeah, I'm very passionate about it. And the interesting thing that you see from pure coaching is you see a much more human side of people. People come to you with, how you know, how do I keep the product owner from double stuffing the sprints? <laughs> that's, that's like that's like over and over again. How do I get people to show up to stand up sometime? You know. How hard is Scrum really? It's super, it's stupid simple. Well, then why isn't everybody doing it? Well, you know, because there's all this human stuff in there. Well, that's the way we've always done it. Uh, you know, I, I, um, I can't let go of control. Right. So that's all coaching stuff. It's very human oriented. So I often see people, a side of people that you wouldn't see when you're just trying to solve two plus two. What, you know, what is two plus two? Oh, it's four. Oh, wow. Right. So I really enjoy that, seeing the, the human side of people. People sometimes, you know, a tear in their eye. It's beautiful. So that makes sense that um, you've been on this journey that, you, that has led you to here so far. And where it leads you next, of course, uh, makes, makes it sound like you're just like every other human, which is this journey composed of moments um, and ideally, those moments give you choices, and you've made some choices, and you've had some good experiences, and it's led you to, to learning about you, which also then uh, led you to uh, eventually write a book. Taking the time, to your point with the Scrum stuff, the human element is what's difficult about Scrum. The recipe for Scrum is um, pretty easy to understand. It's the human aspect of all of these things that's hard. For someone who thinks that they want to become a professional coach, what advice would you give them? Uh, I may seem a little self-serving, but uh, prior to, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, bear with me here. Uh, You know, I'm fully aware of what I'm saying. Uh, Prior to to our book coming out, I used to recommend, uh, well, I still recommend, it's a great book, the Coactive book. Coactive Coaching, amazing, amazing book. Um, you know, we got a lot of inspiration from that book. One of the things that I like about that book is it's it's a you know left to right, soup to nuts, top to bottom description of pretty much everything in professional coaching. You know, not to the same level of depth you get to in a sixty or one hundred and twenty five hour course, but in you know six to eight hours of reading, you've covered the landscape. 
and they're not trying to sell you anything. They're not pushing you towards, uh, you know, training. Uh, it's they're not leaving something out. It's not, you know, two thirds is all about how to market yourself or whatever. Our book from a comes from a different perspective, but it's very similar to that. A soup to nuts, not trying to push anything, and it covers the whole topic, you know, in whatever depth you can in six to eight hours. And so, you know, we're we're not going to get rich off this book, right? Books don't, you know, generally make a lot of money unless it's, you know, it's not a romance book or something. Um, you know, so I don't think you can beat the the knowledge ratio for the for the dollar. So that's a really great place to to start. Actually, you could even just read the first chapter and get a sense of like I want to keep going or not, right? So time-wise, it doesn't have to be a big investment. Short of that, uh, the other thing that you can do. I think the sort of next tier would be the IC Agile, ICP, ACC, full, you know, full disclosure. I, I teach that. That's just 21 hours. And then there's a whole unit, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of instructors that, that teach that. And then, and then the next uh, sort of final step would be uh, ICF, which that's 60, 125, or 200, or 200 hours of training, your, your choice, depending on what level you want to go for. But if there's someone in an organization who says, I wish that we could just have a professional coach for a while to just help us figure out how to become more. Do you have any advice for them on how they would position that in their organization? You can only help people see so much value. So wherever they are, you know, I for, this is very personal. I don't know how to advise other people on this. Just my personal approach is... I literally ask people, what do you see as the opportunities and what do you see as the problems? That's, that's all I ask when I start. And the stuff that spills out from that is awesome. You know, then you just kind of feed it back to people, right? So here's what I've heard. These things, eh, you know, that's not really something that I can help with. These things I can, if that's what you're interested in. And then there's either a match there and they go for it or they don't. Well... We value people, right? People are some of the most interesting, amazing um, things that I get to do um, in this life and in my job. Just people. And they can be horribly uh, energizing or draining or um, encouraging or discouraging. I mean, it can all happen in 60 seconds. And then there's still a whole day left to live. So people, I think, are way more interesting. Um, and so the idea of how to add value to other people on the journeys that they're on, it seems to me that professional coaching and the work that you're doing and the book that you've written can enable more people to figure out how to actually add value. The lowest common denominator is always people. And, and Damon, it sounds like your intent and your motivation for this book is to enable uh, people and the journey that you're on is how do I become more so that I can enable someone else to become more? Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've really poured our heart out into the book. You know, we didn't hold back. There's, you know, if you like powerful questions, there's over a hundred in there. Um, we, we, uh, at one point we realized there was something missing and we couldn't figure out what, what it was. We like doing games and uh, activities. So we, um, made it chalk every chapter has activities that you can do either one-on-one -on -one or you know, like one is um powerful question of the day 
you know, to practice working towards powerful questions. You get one in mind and you try to find, you know, try to just shoehorn it in wherever you can that it makes sense, you know. And uh, so all kinds of activities. Um, there's a reference in the back that, that summarizes all of the different coaching techniques. And, uh, you know, you can read the first three chapters and then go to any chapter you want after that. So we, we try to make it as, as full of information and as, as easy to use as an ongoing reference um, and, and to explain it as, as best we can. Because, you know, a lot of people, I think, are expecting an agile coaching book. And it's really not an agile coaching book. It is a book about coaching for any agilist, uh, anybody that's you know got that agile torch, just for whatever reason decided that they they want to be the the crazy person saying agile is great. And I think you know a lot of people in the organization wish you know could could we just could we just just do our work for a while? Like why do we have to focus on this agile thing, right? So anybody that's looking to bring coaching forward to add coaching as a skill. Damon, thank you. It's been a privilege to have you um, on our podcast today. Thank you for taking the time to teach us about you and your journey, your book. Thank oh, you. my pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. It's really been an honor on my side. And, you know, you've given me a lot to think about. You know, every question, every question has the possibility of bringing forth insight. And I, I feel like, you know, you've done a lot of that for me. I've, I've said some things I didn't say before that I'm going to, I'm like, oh, I got to remember that. Right. So uh, thank you for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, don't be a stranger. The Long Way Around the Barn is brought to you by Trility Consulting, where Matthew serves as the CEO and president. If you need to find a more simple, reliable path to achieve your desired outcomes, visit Trility.io. To my listeners, thank you for staying with us. I hope you're able to take what you heard today and apply it in your context so that you're able to realize the predictable, repeatable outcomes you desire for you, your teams, company, and clients. Thank you.